This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brett Keen, and you are watching and listening to The Brett Keen Show. I hope you're all having a wonderful day. We're going to check out a video real quick, listen to something. This is actually, I believe, done in Congress. This is politicians who are actually talking about this. And then we'll uh, uh, basically we'll hang out and just discuss this and some of our views on it. Sound good? Yeah. In the first-of-its-kind House hearing on identif unidentified anomalous phenomena, whistleblower David Grush blew open a discussion about interdimensional beings, touching on holographic theory. Let's listen. In terms of uh, multidimensionality, that kind of thing, the, the framework uh, that I'm familiar with, for example, is something called the holographic principle. Uh, both, uh, it's, It derives itself from general relativity and uh, quantum mechanics, and that is... If you want to imagine a 3D object such as yourself casting a shadow onto a 2D surface, uh, that's the holographic principle. So you can be projected, quasi-projected from higher dimensional space to lower dimensional. It's a scientific trope that you can actually cross, literally, as far as I understand, but there's probably guys of PhDs that we could probably but, argue about that. But you have yeah. not seen any documentation that that's what's occurring. Uh, only a theoretical framework discussion. Yes. If any of that went over your head, professor of science at Harvard and author of Extraterrestrial, The First Sign of Intelligent Life Beyond Earth, Dr. Avi Loeb, is joining us to break this down. Welcome, Dr. Loeb. Thanks for having me. So can you tell us a little bit about what he's explaining there, the holographic theory, and how that might help us understand the technology that UAPs or UFOs are using? I don't think that's very relevant. The, the holographic principle uh, is a concept that considered in the context of string theory in a way of unifying quantum mechanics and gravity in the context of extra dimensions, meaning we know of three dimensions of space and of time, and string theory argues that in order to unify quantum mechanics and gravity, the two pillars of modern physics, they need to consider additional spatial dimensions. 
And then they have proven mathematically some equivalence between quantum field theory and gravity within those extra dimensions. That's, uh, first of all, not known to be a description of reality. String theory is a purely mathematical concept at the moment. We don't know whether there are extra dimensions. Uh, theoretical physicists talk about it for decades, but we have no clue whatsoever that there is any extra dimension beyond the three spatial dimensions we have. So mentioning that in the context of technology is completely inappropriate because we don't know whether uh, even there are extra dimensions and whether it applies to the reality that we all share. It's just a mathematical concept at this point within string theory, which is not proven by any means to be correct. There was no experimental evidence for string theory. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so we have a person here, a physicist, who claims that he doesn't even know if there's extra dimensions, he doesn't know if there's other realms or multiverses, and uh, a lot of you out there, you've probably seen that there's plenty of scientists who will say otherwise. There are plenty of men and women who've been getting out there who do have degrees and PhDs and all that who uh, claim that there are extra-dimensional beings uh aliens and all that now there's a lot of christians out there who will say uh, that there's no such things as aliens there's no other like people or inhabitants or creatures that god created it's just us the angels and the demons so whatever you may have witnessed or personal experience you might have had it would have been uh not extraterrestrial but it would have been um, of demonic nature or divine nature, these kind of things. And to be honest with you, I don't really know. If you look at some of the hydroglyphics of Egypt, you will see that um, a lot of the drawings that they put forth in the visual shows um, a great deal of graphs where you see these small people in some of the images actually praising these like humanoid creatures that have alien-like heads. Some of them look like birds. Some of them look like um, snakes. Uh, some of them look like giant human beings. And Christians would refer to that as Nephilims. These are basically the offspring of angelic beings that fornicated with human humans. So... Uh, it's all touch and go. Um, I have seen countless videos by mainstream media as well as some of these amateur news sources that we see on social media of videos of UFOs, flying saucers, um, strange mechanical objects flying over cities, making themselves absolutely public. And we keep getting all these unusual strange excuses on what they possibly could be. But I seen something recently where over in Beijing, I believe is how it's pronounced, China, there was this uh, pulsating light that actually went over the city. There's lots of videos out there if you want to see for yourself. And these, this pulsating light, it was huge, enormous. And it ends up separating into three different uh, disc shapes, also illuminating light. And they appear to be scanning the city, looking over things. Now, a lot of people, unfortunately, they don't seem to be noticing this. A lot of people are distracted by the elections. A lot of people are distracted by the wars. 
there's been riots out in the street and a lot of destruction going on, and people are also concerned about this new thing called Disease X uh, that some government officials say, oh, it's nothing, it's just some kind of uh, thing where we're you know practicing for in case some problem happens, and then other people say it's a real thing. Some people are even suggesting that there's drugs that are coming out uh, made by China that can uh, destroy 100% of the human brain. It can literally cause you to what some atheists might refer to as devolve. You basically lose your mind. You, you're non-functional. You'll basically become uh, nothing. My friend TTR recently made a video about a scientist who is practicing making mechanical equipment that involves AI. Uh, Elon Musk actually showed that they created a device that can hook to a human brain and a person who doesn't have the ability to speak or communicate could actually process their thoughts through the AI and the AI will interpret and communicate their words on a screen. Well, scientists also believe that they can go vice versa, not just use a human being as a hackable auxiliary unit, but they also believe that they can input information into the human brain as well. Some scientists believe this is a good idea because they think they'd be able to flood the human brain with tons of information and literally make superhumans out of it. And some uh, scientists like the idea. There are scientists who are actually working on experiments that can degenerate the area of the brain that causes religious people to have faith. This, there's an atheist scientist out there right now who wants to destroy the very genetic area of the brain that produces what he believes to be the chemicals that cause religious people to exist. He wants to destroy religion. He wants to destroy the very concept of God. He's basically on this mission where he thinks that if he gets rid of that, then he gets rid of a major aggressive uh, trait that some humans have. Believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of you may not know this, but it's been argued for a long time that there are inherent differences between human beings. Uh, for the longest time, Hitler, as well as a lot of atheist uh, dictators and scientists, used to believe that if you were of a certain color or a certain breed, then you were a completely different species branched off from the human race. See, they didn't believe that blacks and Latinos and people of different color were in the same uh, atmosphere as white humans. So they suggested this idea that these were basically branched off. It's basically the same thing that atheists claim when they're talking about evolution and, and uh, socialism and such. They say that these creatures all branched off our common ancestors over and over and over. Well, they believe that we are still in the evolutionary process and that some humans aren't actually um, sophisticated and functional as that of a white human. So that's one of the reasons for the longest time, I believe it was written into the Constitution, that some people, based upon their color, were only like, a, what was it, 2 or 3% human. So back to the scientist that TTOR was talking about, this scientist believes that he has the mechanical technology to actually wipe out free will. And that's not a, believe it or not, that's not a new idea. 
that's that's not a new idea um about 10 years ago they started testing these devices on rats and mice and even cats believe it or not Scientists like to take animals into labs and then do horrible experiments on them and also test out viruses, which is another thing I've always had a problem with. Atheists claim that they're related to all these monkeys and primates and all that, and they claim that science is good and it's about truth and finding knowledge, but uh, and they claim that they're morally against slavery and torture and murder, but they don't seem to give a damn about modern-day slavery, and they sure as hell don't care about all those animals, dogs and cats, and your uh, domestic animals as well as wild animals taken into labs, uh, enslaved, basically, and tortured to the point these creatures break mentally, uh, psychologically, everything. And what they did was they... They connected these devices that literally turned these rats and mice into remote control. Basically, they could use a controller and make it to where it sends information to the brain of the creature, and the creature could not stop it. It had no control. There was no mechanism that it could defend itself against the uh, electronic pulses that were being put into it. So the rat would literally go down the hallways and walk around in the lab, and they could make it sit there. If they wanted to, they could make the rat just sit there until it starves to death. And the rat had absolutely no control. It couldn't um, have that flight, you know, that fight-or-flight instinct, and it didn't have the ability to be able to run to save itself or even eat when it wanted to because the scientist had basically hacked into its system. So nowadays, there are scientists out there saying that they can do the same thing with humans. Could you imagine the what they would do to you? Could you imagine being a woman and some nerdy, geeky-ass scientist uh, straps some kind of mechanical device to your head or figures out a way to get it in your body without you even knowing, and that at any time can shut off your memories and be able to take advantage of you, rape you, abuse you, do whatever the fuck they want, and you wouldn't even be able to know it because they have full control over your autonomy. Isn't that something scary, isn't it? And why would they want to do that for it? Stalin, back in the day, he wanted to create a project called the Humanzies. He wanted to genetically splice human-animal DNA into humans and create hybrid warriors that would fight in his army for him. He believed that animals had a lot of skills that humans didn't, and he thought if we're all related through evolution... We all share some kind of similarities and traits and all that. Then why is it that we can't simply wake up those genes again? Uh, those genes, some of them, according to scientists, didn't go away. So they'll simply reactivate them or install them genetically, splicing that into the system, and then basically give the human ability to be able to see as far as a hawk or an eagle or have the strength of a damn bear. It almost sounds like a cartoon or a movie, doesn't it? But believe it or not, there's scientists that have been doing this. They've also been tampering with immortality. Because scientists are just like every other human being out there. They don't want to see their loved ones die. They don't want to see their 
people they care about go. And they actually came up with technology recently that can take it long beyond six minutes of someone being dead uh, to resuscitate them. Now you could be laying on a slab for over an hour and they have the technology to actually preserve your brain. It's almost like cryogenics where they can freeze you for as long as they want to and then whenever they're ready to bring you out. This also is not new technology as well or a new idea. A long time ago, back in the 70s and the 60s, there were a lot of celebrities all the way up to the early 90s that would get diseases or they'd get cancer or something, and they knew the doctors didn't have a cure for it. Um, even Michael Jackson, a king of pop, wanted to be frozen. So a lot of musicians, a lot of celebrities, they wanted to be frozen. They didn't want to age, and they wanted to be frozen until scientists came up with a way to make them immortal and also made it to where they could heal, where they were basically invulnerable, and so on and so on. A lot of people have been very greedy, and they brought a lot of consequences on themselves. People haven't accepted that you live this life and then you die. Some people want to cheat death. It's understandable. We all don't want to die, right? None of us want to go out of this world. A lot of us, even the believers, even those who believe in God, they find themselves terrified sometimes. What is heaven actually like? What is hell actually like? You know, what's, what am I going to find out about God besides what I've read in the Bible? There's a lot of people out there who do believe in God, Although they believe very strongly and they think they've got a pretty good anthropomorphic idea of what God is, it scares the living piss out of people to imagine that God might be a lot different than what was written about. It scares people. And especially the idea that there's a dark force out there, a demonic nature. Very scary for people. Why do demons even exist? Why do these interdimensional monsters from different realms who according to the bible and a lot of different pagan religions and islam somehow have access to the human race can manifest themselves in a way where they can breed with us and they can walk to and fro throughout the world looking for that which they want to devour like according to the book of job it's scary really Do I believe in demons? Do I believe that there's some kind of dark force? Do I believe there's some kind of monsters that are out there? I think that if most of you were to witness an alien that is from a completely different planet, that came from a completely different atmosphere, it may appear to be reptilian or monster-like. It might look very, very creepy. In a lot of movies, they make uh, aliens appear to be peaceful and look like E.T. and all that, but I'm sure that their bodies and the way they look would be so foreign to our observation that it would be uh, freaky. You know, Carl Sagan, who believed that we were children of stardust, he believed in interdimensional figures. He believed in godlike entities that could exist in other realms, and higher dimensions that could look over us. He even did an entire uh, show about, I believe it was called the Flatlanders or something like that, where he spoke of these entities that were so large and so foreign in their 
dimensions that they could be standing right before you and you wouldn't see them because our observation of reality is limited. Only if these creatures or these things or godlike entities decide on their own end that they want to produce, uh, manifest themselves in a way where we could actually uh, communicate or examine them only if they decide they want to be seen or heard and all that is this possible. We can't make them show themselves or make themselves see each other. And it's one of the reasons why some people theorize that God is also an interdimensional type of alien. He didn't originally inhabit Earth. He comes from space. He comes from outside of time and space. So someone could argue that maybe he lived in some other form of the universe or some ancient version of the energy that existed and somehow managed to incorporate his uh, creative abilities into this universe that is going on. Or it's also argued that there was nothing before. There was just God, that God was floating around in this timeless, spaceless void and decided that he wanted to start the creative process up, existence, and what Christians call creation. It depends on who you're talking to, I suppose. Let me give me a drink of water. Let me pause my image real quick while I do that. So I do, I believe there are demons. According to the definition, demons do not normally show their true form. Um, they're a lot like angels in that sense. And some Christians would obviously agree because they believe that most demons were in fact fallen angels, but they don't just show themselves. Um, most likely if you did see a demon in its actual form or an angel, it would scare the hell out of you. It's, I notice in the Bible when angels or demons actually come to the earth and, and engage humans, they never come as their actual form. They change themselves. They metamorphosize themselves into something that looks like a human. Uh, example, Sodom and Gomorrah. The angels come to Sodom and Gomorrah to basically warn Lot and his family, and they come as humans so they don't disturb the city or the people. But for some reason, the uh, inhabitants of uh, Sodom and Gomorrah decided to engage these foreigners and uh, basically got really sexual, very blasphemous, and actually wanted to knock down Lot's door to get to them so they could do things to these people. Or angels, however you want to refer to it. So as far as demons, whenever I was a child and I seen movies like The Exorcist or heard scary stories and all that, when I was a little boy, I believed in um, that kind of stuff. And then obviously I became an atheist for a long time. And when you get to a point where you lack a belief in God, then you will also get rid of a lot of other views and beliefs and your entire concept of moral framework and how you observe reality, uh, it becomes a totally different worldview. You see, when you believe in God, you're going to have a view of the world and reality differently because you're 
thinking of it through the lens that there's a creator behind things and there's a purpose and function. But when you're an atheist, you're basically saying that the universe got here a different way. Everything exists for different reasons besides God and demons and all that kind of stuff. So for a long time, I was on that naturalistic, nihilistic type of track that things did not have meaning or reason or purpose or function to them. There was no intention behind things that we were just a soup that got lucky. <laughs> Yet at the same time, I also had to argue that luck didn't exist. So, yeah. So later on, I became a theist and... Some people have asked me, they say, well, did you ever have experiences? Did you um, ever witness something? Well, honestly, I had a lot of nightmares. I had a lot of dreams. I noticed something very unusual about myself that whenever I was an atheist, I didn't have as many dreams. I didn't have as many nightmares. If I did have dreams or nightmares, it was about natural like stuff like losing someone you love or are being lost in a crowd and nobody's able to see you or something like that um you know your typical human fears that are suppressed and then end up coming up to your subconscious as as basically your biological computer is in rest mode had a lot of bad dreams like that but when i'm when i became religious i started having more spiritual more um prophetic type of dreams, things about the future, uh, things about the end of the world, that kind of stuff. I normally don't talk about that kind of stuff on video, though. I don't like scaring people, and I don't want to be accused of being using fear tactics and all that, but all of my nightmares that have to do with spirituality, they usually don't end very well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well... Demons, have I ever experienced them? Well, according to the definition of demons and the study I did on demonology a while back, like I said, demons don't normally engage you in their physical form. It is said that they usually take over a human body. They usually try to control someone's consciousness. And you're probably thinking to yourself, well, how the hell do they do that? Um, and I will tell you that according to demonology, you have to open a door for them. You have to summon them. You have to welcome them in, in order for this to happen. They can't just take over somebody just at nilly willy. According to the Bible, because of your faith in God and God's power, the demons don't have any weapons that they can use against you. However, if you welcome them in and you put down the armor of God, and you uh, lower your shield, basically, of your faith, and you let these things in, they will tear your ass up. They will get into you. But they don't, demons do not behave in the manner where they just want to instantly get beyond your shield and then kill you instantly. Uh, demons seem to have the sadistic desire where they want to cause you to suffer. They want to humiliate you. They want to... Um, feel broken as though you're not good enough a demon would most likely try to convince you to kill yourself you've probably noticed in social media especially a lot of christians out there as well as muslims and pagans how many times have you heard some non-believer 
on video or in comments actually instruct you to kill yourself? Or they say things terrible about your loved ones in order to try to get you to lose your faith? Like, I know this Christian ended up making a video a while back where they said that their mother died and that it was very hard for them and they were struggling. Well, an atheist with their demonic nature decided to come along and say, well, where was your God at? Now, why didn't your God protect that person? Death is a part of nature. It's, it's inevitable that we're all going to die. But for someone like that to come along and say that, that should be proof for you. That should be a form of evidence. Because a good human being doesn't act like that, do they? A good human being would never throw salt on the fire after you just lost your mother. Good human beings are able to sympathize with each other. They know that when someone dies, that's a terrible moment in a person's life. Unless you're a psychopath or a sociopath or just straight-up demon, you would never say shit like that, and you would never tell someone to kill themselves. You would also never make fun of the mentally ill, and you would never get some kind of sadistic pleasure off of watching other people suffer. Believe it or not, in demonology, the study of it, it actually tells you the traits to look for whenever you're trying to spot a demon at work or a demon in progress. And you can see that with some human beings out there that they have a very dark spirit in them where they get off on hurting people. I'll give you another example. There's a super popular Christian. His name is David Wood. One of the most fantastic Christian speakers that the internet has in our modern day right now, right this minute, makes videos. And unfortunately, he had the same problem that I did. He had him a disabled child. And unfortunately for David Wood, as much as he prayed, as much as he fought, his family, as much love as they gave, their child ended up um, succumbing to death. And he got on video and he let people know the news. And some of the first things that atheists said to him was, oh, where was your God at? You know, why did your God let this child suffer for as long as it did? And then blah, 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 blah. Now, why would somebody do that? Why would someone take an innocent child that has died? The only things that should be coming out of your mouth, if you even feel the need to speak to someone who is going through that, is, I love you and I'm sorry. I hope the best for your family. I will pray for you. Or if you need somebody to talk to, these are the kind of things that angelic beings and good people say. But a demon would say, ha, ha, ha. They'd laugh at you. Look how your God failed you. Look how your God crushed you. Look how your God takes everything away from you. He giveth and he taketh. And they laugh at you and they cackle at you. Any pain or suffering or misery that you go through, they laugh. So I believe that many of you out there have personally experienced demons, but you just can't see past the veiled mask. When you see a demon, you think that you are seeing a person. When you are out in public and you're near people who have that aura of a demon within them, you feel it and you sense it. 
But your mind, for whatever reason, maybe it's out of fear, maybe it's a defensive mechanism, will try to convince you that it was just a bad feeling. It was just a bad gut feeling because your brain does not want to accept that there is something extraordinary going on out of your control that has a human like that. It's scary to imagine that people can lose their free will. It's scary to imagine that there's someone standing 10 feet away from you in the shadows staring at you, fantasizing about how they would like to make you suffer. How they'd like to make you bleed. How they'd like to take everything that you possibly care about away from you just so they could spit on you and laugh at you afterwards. That's scary. So I could imagine why many of you suppress your instincts and your senses. But I believe a lot of you have felt what I'm talking about. I believe a lot of you have probably seen this within your own family. And you know what's even more terrifying? Some of you may have actually experienced this demonic behavior from some people that you believed actually had faith in God. That's very terrifying. It's one thing to go out to a strange place and see strange people uh, displaying and representing this kind of behavior. But it's even more terrifying when you go to the sanctity and sanctuary of a, of a church expecting that you'll be protected by God and his light, not knowing that you just walked into a viper's den or a dragon's den where demons are housed. That's right, even in a church. Not all churches are house of gods. Just because some old, fat, obese man stands behind a podium and slams a book and says, this is the house of God. This is where Jesus resides. Just because they're spilling all that and spitting that. This could be very well be a person who commits adultery on a daily basis. He does drugs as soon as he's done with the sermon after he collects your money in the plate. You never know. Sometimes we got to just trust our heart. Sometimes we got to trust our instincts. And most importantly, not let people manipulate us and take away our uh, God-given logic and rationality, folks. I believe I've experienced a lot of demonic behavior. Um, I believe that there's a lot of people out there who mutilated themselves. They tore their faces up and their bodies. Some people like the idea of actually resembling the monster that's inside them. Have you seen some of these people who go get surgery so they can have fangs and red eyes? And uh, some people want to look like a snake. People want to look like animals and then do animalistic uh, sexual behavior with each other. And of course, some of these wild animals seem to prey upon children and the vulnerable. I've been seeing a lot of stuff in the news lately about nurses hurting senior citizens in nursing homes. Is that something a good human being would do? Is that something that you think a demon would get off on hurting old people who can't fight back or defend themselves? Demons are cowards. They want to get you at your worst. And there gets a point in everybody's life, no matter how strong your faith is, where sooner or later your your body, your physical body, will 
uh, react to the second law of thermodynamics, entropy. You will age. You will become weaker. Your mind and your brain will become weaker. There will be horrible events that happen in your life, and you'll become vulnerable, and you'll be open to anything, whether good or bad. And that's when you need to try to have the strongest faith possible. Every one of you is going to experience walking down a very dark, lonely road. Maybe not now. Maybe you got all the friends in the world. But there's going to be that one day where you're in the nursing home. Be that one day that you get into an accident and you find yourself fully not functional. And somebody's going to come to you and say, I'd like to attach this mechanism to your brain. This is going to help you with your Alzheimer's. This is going to help you with your vegetation state. This will make it to where you walk again. You won't be paralyzed. And you'll be thinking the whole time, what a miracle. What a miracle I could actually walk again. Hmm. I don't know. A lot of things to think about, huh? A lot of things to think about. Well, tell me what your thoughts are, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brett Keen, and you have been listening to God TV Radio. Yes. <laughs>